Welcome to episode 22 of Site Chat. In this episode, we talk about gender-neutral leadership. We look at research on gender differences and question whether our stereotype and biases are actually impacting the way we look at how leaders are made. Should gender be an issue or should we just look at an individual's capabilities and abilities? I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as usual, if you have any comments or suggestions, please send to sitechat at omnisite.com or tweet to site underscore chat. Hi there, my name is Dr. Austin Tay and you are listening to Psych Chat. This podcast is brought to you by Omnisite Consulting. This podcast discusses issues related to the workplace and together with my co-host, James Molly Kirk, we provide our viewpoints and advice on how to navigate in the ever-changing workplace. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. If you are our regular listeners, welcome too. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, please do so at all reputable podcast platforms. Just to also mention that SiteChat is now on Verbal. You can download this episode and also previous episodes. We'd like to hear also from you. If there are particular topics that you would like us to discuss on this podcast or would like to provide comments and suggestions, do get in touch. You can reach us either by email, sitechat at omnisite.com or via Twitter to site underscore chat. Right, now we get all this out of the way, we can start our podcast. James, how are you? Very well, thank you, Austin. How are you doing? Not too bad. Thank you again for joining me um, in this podcast. Now, today we are going to be talking about leadership. Um, specifically, we are going to be talking about the need to have gender-neutral leadership, right? So, James, what does leadership mean to you? Um, good question, and certainly a, a, a good thing to explore today in terms of the ongoing focus on bringing, releasing the potential of, of half of humanity um, in the workplace or in, in, in governance. Um, so female leaders is definitely a topic that we, we talk about quite a lot these days. And there's quite a lot that is a bit uh, perhaps beyond what, what the research can support in terms of female leadership, what it is. What is leadership? Uh, obviously, many definitions sort of the simple stuff for me. Um, it's, it's motivating people to do a task um, that has some sort of purpose. Ideally, so it's that setting the direction, motivating, executing. Um, that's that's fundamentally it. It's an influence process. Yeah. To to get things done. Mm. Um, typically, of course, leadership is framed 
um, from the way that humans have seen the impact of leadership the most, which is war. Uh, and through war, and especially if we're talking just of modern society, the influence of World War II was huge on the development of leadership studies, industrial managerial sort of leadership stuff, and industrial managerial leadership styles were based upon military models. Yep. And those yep. are, of course, primarily based on male models of leadership. So all the icons, all the anecdotes, all the studies were fundamentally around male. And it's a male-dominated society as it has been for, for millennia. Right? Only recently, really, we're seeing female breaking through, finally, mm. into leadership positions across the world uh, in, in, in all areas, whether it's military, uh, governance, um, NGOs uh, or, or businesses on their own two feet. And there's many examples of those which we talked about. Um, and so hence this, this question of female leadership. Yeah. Is it different to male leadership? Mm. Is it even better? Mm. It is, it's um, important to know that we are now recognizing female as, as leaders uh, in different capacity, as you just mentioned. Um, if, if I may, I'm going to, to, to uh, kind of quote something that... Uh, uh, Manfred Katzdevry, uh, who is the clinical professor of leadership development and organizational change at INSEAD, he wrote a piece um, about leadership in organization uh, in 1998. I know this is this is very very old, but I think it is still quite relevant. Now he said there are some theories that kind of uh, purports two extreme position. Leadership can be identified as someone's uh, personality, so researchers will be arguing about a particular personality or very situational based. So based on how uh, people uh, are influenced by the individual differences and attribute the variation of leadership effectiveness to the environment that they are in. So he further classified this to uh, uh, leadership into what is a property and a process. I'm going to just explain his classification here. Now under the property itself, he came up with four different uh, theories. One would be trait theory that both James and myself are quite familiar with, uh, personality. Uh, leadership is viewed as a set of relatively stable and enduring personal uh, traits or physical properties, uh, specific <clears throat> personality characteristics distinguish effective from ineffective leaders. Then the second one is behavioral theory. So this is where we talk about technical actions of a leader and the human actions. What are the observable role behaviors uh, of the leader. Then we have the contingency theory. So it's the emergence of one leadership style that is contingent to the environment in which the leader is operating. So in other words, the most effective leader is able to adapt his or her actions dependent on the situation he or she faced. Yeah. So very task or relation-oriented leaders. And fourth is uh, attribution theory. So leadership is not a viable scientific construct but the label that is uh, given to a behavior. Uh, so that is to say that leadership is like a perceptual, uh, perceptional uh, issue here. In terms of process, he is saying that leadership can be considered as a, a charismatic process. So it's viewed as a very interactive process between the leader, the followers, and the situation. The second process he came up with was inspirational process. And this is something that we are quite familiar with transactional and transformational leadership. Yeah, Basing on what Manfred has uh, delineated, 
the categorization, you know, in my view, it seems to have a kind of masculine uh, undertone. Do you think that's the reason why we are seeing few female leaders in organizations? I, I think the reason why historically there have been fewer female leaders is, is simply the social cultural attitudes and expectations on female roles in society. Right. Uh, and that what that leads to uh, in terms of opportunities and expectations, it's just it just suppressed the opportunities um, and undervalued the contributions. As simple as that. I think today's examples of, of female leaders are, are varied. They're as varied in their leadership style as they are in their impact. Um, from Ang Angela Merkel to Jacinda Ahern, um, from Kamala Harris uh, to Theresa May, these are just political ones. Uh, we've now got the head of the World Bank, we've now got the, the head of the EU Commission, and female leaders are incredibly talented. The, the question really anymore is just, why are we still? Why is there a question about gender at all? Given that now the opportunities are there, and whether it's in the military or, or in business or in government, females can obviously. It's almost awful saying that females are, are capable of doing this. Of course they are, and they've demonstrated it. The, the question's more is that I think in it goes from this idea that still going back to that that point you were making is is. Is there a difference between female and male leadership? That's, the, I think, is the bigger question, more interesting question, rather than can females lead? Well, of course they can. You know, Elizabeth I you know, kicked ass in her generation. For sure, yes. You know, uh, so it's not a problem. It's not a question about that. It's all about opportunity. So putting that aside now, opportunity is coming. Is there a difference? Um, is there a difference in, in style or approach? And if there is, it would be based on from your, your approach there on trade. So the first question is, are males and females different in their personalities? Well, research, you know, the, the classic papers back in 2001 uh, from the Costa McRae and so on, or their, their general folks. Um, actually, I just, I've got the quote here, where it was, yeah, it's Costa et al. 2001. They found that gender differences are modest in magnitude, consistent with gender stereotypes, and replicable, replicable across cultures. It's the, the, there are modest differences between genders in the big five and sub, sub factors. Um, and they're consistent with gender stereotypes. You know, male, males are, females are more agreeable, more warm, open to feelings, uh, and men are more assertive and open to ideas. You know, it's in line with those sorts of approaches. Mm. But there are other, there's other research that actually says, uh, and the recent one by um, uh, others would agree there's even smaller differences. Actually, uh, Vianello in 2013, they looked at implicit measures of personality and found even smaller differences um, using implicit measures. So we can take out cultural um, or conscious stereotypes. You get even less differences when you're measuring personality. And yet uh, another Italian researcher, uh, more recent, I think, uh, well, it's 2012, actually, uh, called Del Giudice, um, found much larger differences when they did a different uh, approach to a study. So overall, the question on traits, is there trait differences between males and females? Probably, again, it's not enough for us to use trait as an excuse or as a key factor to explain away 
or to expect to forecast differences in, in female leader behavior, even though the stereotype of females being more compassionate, better communicating, uh, and males being more assertive, action orientated, uh, still abound. Um, so is, the trait, is there a trait difference? There's a question mark there. And right. Individual differences are probably far, far more greater. Again, look at, pick any leader you want, female leader you want, pick two leaders and they'll be more different but they are similar. Yes. They, their gender is not going to say, or they're the same. Look, they're female mm. leaders, you can tell. Mm. No. Put 10 female leaders and analyze them and there'll be a huge range of trait differences mm. that lead to then behavioral differences and competencies and differences that somehow they're, they're delivering results just as males would do. Right. Put 10 male leaders from you know, CEOs into a, and analyze them and you'll have more differences than similarities. So I think the trait question can be put aside. The situational one is interesting. You know, are, are, are females potentially more flexible than males? Again, if we're down to trait, if that's trait-based, there's no reason to assume that it's gender is the big reason. Individual differences will be more likely to predict that than gender. Mm. So um, if the differences that we see are socially constructed still, uh -huh. And even when we are appraising women, female leaders. So the interesting study you talked about from Zenger, um, he did a couple, that female leaders are performing better in crisis. That's really interesting. And it's a good study, actually. It's based on 360-degree feedback. Yes. Um, and it was on 60,000 leaders. Yep. Incredible stuff. And they, they, they were doing better. Um, than on 13 out of 19 competencies. Yes. So it's a huge level mm. study mm. Um, saying that female leaders are actually been more rated as more effective. Well, that's fantastic. Yep. That's really fantastic. And their earlier study demonstrated the same that on every competency, mm. female that, that's taking initiative to innovation, to um, collaboration, um, driving for results, female leaders were rated higher than males. That's fantastic. So it's, yeah. it's not even, you can't say that this is trade-based because that would be, they should be only be better mm. on the interpersonal stuff, mm. the collaborative things, mm. but that's not what these studies are showing. Mm. They're showing that, that women overall on average, again, average is always a, a, a tricky thing to deal with when we come down to individual leaders, um, but on average, they beat males, of course, these it's in America, all American centric, but they're beating males across every competency, mm. except for developing strategic perspective and tactics. And that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I, incredible. I, I think you're right to say that, you know, um, as, as you said, a lot of research is showing that female could also be demonstrating all those competencies itself. I also want to be very clear and I want to also be careful here reading research like this. It's, it's not saying that, uh, there you go, this is the evidence, female are better leaders than men. I think this this is, again, where the stereotype comes in, as you, we were talking about earlier on. Um, when, when the society stopped thinking about men and women 
their, their ability to do certain things. It makes it easier when we start talking about leaders in general, where this is the whole point of our conversation today, gender-neutral leadership. Uh, in itself, because we are classifying leaders based on very biased assessment, as we were talking about, you know, in terms of talent management initiative, how are we creating fairness for both uh, gender? Uh, we we often take women as a lesser gender than men, and that itself has created a problem and and stereotype, and that is why when we are looking at uh, whether women can be leaders or better leaders, we always think that, you know, no, they are not because we think that men are better based on what we understand, what we learn historically, what we we kind of uh, have a kind of uh, bias towards that. And I think for organization, perhaps as, as, as in terms of assessing leaders in general, put aside the gender label. Rather, instead, look at the capabilities, the ability of that individual, how they could function as a leader. Those will be more important than uh, whether the person is female or male. Because we have established a lot of this, this capabilities and, and uh, uh, the way uh, individual uh, can lead uh, is both sides. It's not just one predominant side uh, in terms of gender. When we are able to remove a gender connotation, mm. it makes it easier for us to look at a person, an individual, as a good leader, leading a team, leading uh, the organization to the goals that they want to achieve. And I think that would be a, a much easier uh, conversation to have in organization uh, today or in the future. Because we are still struggling a lot in organization. Because you know, you know, when we are talking about the uh, C-suites, we still have a lot of men on board, right? We don't have the female. And I think this is where uh, it becomes a little bit more political because we are talking about gender itself. Uh, to me, leaders shouldn't, uh, leadership itself should be equal opportunity regardless of your gender itself. And I think that creates a better conversation when we talk about leadership. You know, we don't have to be blaming someone for incompetency. Uh, they're not incompetent in doing something because of their gender. I think gender should not be a, a uh, uh, equalizer here at all. We should be looking at individuals for their capabilities, their ability to lead, uh, rather than their gender. So, I, I, you know, for me, there's still a lot of of conversation needs to be done with uh, teaching organization to understand that. Uh, but we can be arguing about this. The reality is. I'm still seeing a lot of organization uh, still treat women as the lesser uh, kind of gender or uh, not as great as men to be leader. How can we actually uh, uh, perhaps change their mind for organization? What kind of conversation should we have with them to let them start thinking about, you know, uh, leadership should be gender neutral? Yeah, it's really good points, Austin. So the big challenge about this, and that involves the, ch the challenge that the research tries to get to, is that if there are no real trait-based differences, then why do we still see differences? And we need are we seeing differences that are real or still part of this underlying bias or a response to the stereotype? A reaction to it. So I look at these 
uh, some articles that very typical if you if you, you know, Google for female leadership. They, you know, there are big claims now. It's mm. disappointing that female women leaders, you know, are more transformational. They they like I said before, they promote cooperation. And some of these articles are really very clear that women leaders are different and better. And yet I've not seen the research other than what we've seen that women actually, in, the, in these US, large US examples, um, leaders, female leaders, are, women leaders are, are excellent across all competencies. They don't have a particular style. Mm. So to attribute women with a particular style of leadership is actually then potentially going to hamper them when they require flexibility. Mm. They apply that situational, you know, more contingent approach to, mm. to leadership. So to say that women should be transformational would, would not be a help for women because that's not all leadership needs. Mm. Transformational leadership is beneficial in certain situations and not in others. Mm. So to start to, to, to cast a female style of leadership, I don't think is helpful. And it's almost falling into the, the trap of stereotype. Stereotype again, yeah. That's not what women need. Mm. Women need to be evaluated fairly and equally in whatever domain that they're endeavoring, whether that's leadership or, or, or a technical field or whatever it is. So, so, so the key point here is that the idea of how, how, we, how we evaluate traits uh, how we evaluate behavior, um, how we define leadership and evaluate leadership, describe it, is unfortunately we're wrapped up still in these inherent biases of how we see them. I think I described to you the study in the US Army of how um, a, a large uh, data set of people were, were looked at over about 80,000 mm. performance reviews. Did I mention this? Yeah. Yep. And that males that the objective criteria performance, the males and females were, were had no difference uh, across different criteria. But subjectively, the, the descriptions used in the performance reviews, because they often will have to write a descriptive part, um, will use gender stereotypical terms yeah. for positive approval or for negative mm. uh, for disapproval. Uh, quite extraordinary. So even... To, to, to evaluate males and females by males or females. Females with, with female evaluators fall into the same trap of calling, you know, mm. giving negative terms to females in a certain way. Yeah. Um, that they're more emotional, mm. um, that, that males are more uh, analytical. Uh, that these adjectives um, are subjective and are stuck in stereotypes. So how do we get to a more neutral environment? How do organizations do it? Uh, it's where we can just evaluate people individually in terms of their leadership capabilities and potential rather than through the prism of these impl implicit gender mm. stereotypes. Mm. It's very important. I think we start not to, to stop reinforcing in-group, out-group processes. And everything from talent management systems to understanding the barriers, to getting rid of the barriers in your talent systems ahead of female uh, potential leaders for opportunities, for training, for career paths, remove those things so that you're, you, you, you are providing that, that level playing field that so many companies 
have tried to set up these days and, mm. and many have been so successful mm. already mm. and wherever you can resist stereotypes yeah. that appear to advantage any in-group whether that's mm. male or female mm. uh, men or women uh, because stereotypes that even appear to benefit women you know women are more to have a more transformational leadership style i believe are not beneficial yes. to the cause uh, they're not they, they'll only create a reactive um, approach from yeah from a male point of view and that's not what we want no i mean the last thing we want is to pigeonhole them in a particular classification here that they, they are not the, able to do that's been the, the ill that's been the evolutionary problem we've had to deal with for thousands of years yeah. so we've got to break that yeah yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's important to also stress a little bit more here, um, because whatever we have been sharing is is very American centric. Uh, we 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 haven't yet to find any anything that's actually quite uh, based on Asian uh, perspective mm. here. If you you as the listeners, if you have any research that you think you know would be benefit show for us to discuss with regards to this, it would be great. Because and of course, both of us being in Asia, we already see there's a cultural difference here uh historically again and then the culture itself um women leaders are few to mention <laughs> uh in in this part of the world uh, but that they, they are not uh uh typical of, of what you just said uh of certain um uh categories or certain uh, personality or leadership style they are quite varied and very very much we have to understand that leadership itself can can kind of derive from the context uh, uh, they are in, how they will behave. So it's regardless of your gender, uh, if the re situation requires you to behave in certain ways, if that particular individual could step up as a leader, then good for them. That's what it should be. And uh, it's, it's not always very clear also uh, how we could help to identify leaders in terms of you know, a male or female. But as more and more research is coming out, it's good to be very uh, aware of what they are looking at. And as what James was saying, not uh, a lot of research that are focusing on female leaders itself can also be quite skilled to, to a certain population and, and certain result they want to achieve. When you read articles like this or research like this, look at the context. Is it applicable to the, uh, the situation that you want to uh, apply to, especially for organization. When you're trying to convince the organization, hey, research itself is showing that uh, we need to be giving more uh, equal opportunities to both men and women. And I think this is where uh, HR, talent <clears throat> development people, or even CEOs need to be very mindful when you want to create an uh, environment of inclusivity uh, and diverse uh, workforce. We need to also look at Things like that. How can we create um, fairness uh, within organization? Give everybody a chance to develop as a leader rather than uh, curtailed by their own gender itself. And stop being uh, biased and, and, and having your own uh, inherent bias or stereotypical way of labeling leaders as what we think they should be. Let them flourish. You know, explore their, 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 their strengths and our capabilities to bring uh, to the table for the organization, how they could help the organization to grow. And I think that is more important than uh, whether they are a male or female uh, potential leader or leader itself. So I think this is very important with this conversation that we are, we were having here. Uh, and yeah, 
Any other points that James you want to add on for our listeners with regards to this? Thanks. While you're saying that, I was trying to see this in in context over time. Yep. Um, that the discussion, uh, the interest, um, and the real impact of women in leadership is 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 very short term. I mean, it's it's really happening in the last what we're talking about decade. Yeah. Longer than that. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. The, the the emergence of of women as senior leaders of of big communities, again, business or, or governments, has really been a, a recent phenomenon, and wonderful, lucky for us. But what we've demonstrated today, I think, in the research that we've looked at, um, you know, just in the run up to to, to the podcast, is that really that women are still battling. The playing field is not level for women to get access to uh, leadership roles, mm. uh, whether that's in the, the education and, and doors that can be open even to get into the position to the starting block, let alone the opportunities within organizations beyond that. So it's not a level playing field yet, but women are, 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 are starting to occupy far more leadership roles. I mean, just an example, I just looking at some, some numbers in the US Army. Um, 23% of junior officers are now female. 23%. And yet senior leaders, generals, it's 8%. So that, that's a historical timeline in front of you. Generals are several generations afterwards. Mm. But you know, if we so when we're looking at doing research now on female leadership, it's really very limited. We're looking at, you know, the still the, the trailblazers. We're looking at small cohorts. Mm. And we're trying to understand, is there a difference? Now, look, look, women leaders are here. Look, is there a difference? Are they a new species? Um, you know, is there something, what have we missed here? What's the magic? And as we've demonstrated that these cohorts are limited. They're US-centric. Um, they just the very evaluation, the definition of leadership, evaluation of leadership is completely biased at an unconscious level in this, these gender paradigms that we've held as humans for generations, yeah. evolution driven. Mm. And it's very hard to, to, to push out. And when we're looking at research, just for example, I was thinking of, because we've, we've talked a lot about dark side personality and derailers. Well, the research on counterproductive behaviors in organizations is typically on males. And some of that is because the majority of white collar crime is by males. And that's because most males historically have been the leaders in position <laughs> yes. to conduct white collar crime. Yes. So we don't even know yet really about the tendency of female leaders in those positions to commit white yep. collar crime and related problematic behaviors yep. that leaders often get, get caught, caught in doing. Same with, so we, we need to be looking here. I, I think we've got years to wait while we start to get better data um, and that can allow us to take a more objective view of, of women or female leadership. Um, because then we can look at much broader things. You can, as you say, we can look at more cultures, more yep. nations, uh, longitudinal studies. Mm. We can try to get, you know, start to break down these barriers that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we can look at broader fields of leadership, including yeah, counterproductive behaviors and bullying. Yeah. Uh, and so there, there, there'll be 
examples already out there where females are dominating the leadership positions and, and, and the hospital, medical health yeah. is probably a big area to think about. Mm. Um, what's leadership telling us, leadership studies mm. tell us in where females tend to be the dominant leadership group mm. in terms of genders? Mm. We look at that way and, 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 and get some, some perspective. Um, rather than looking at organizations where females tend to be the minority in, in leadership positions. Um, so I think there's so much more research to be done. And the real view of this won't be clear for another couple of decades, um, I think. And what yeah. we need to resist, uh, one, like you're saying, we need to break the idea of looking at this from stereotypical lens, because that's not helpful. That's not that's helpful, indeed, yeah. And we have to... You know, the whole inclusivity, non-biased movement in organizations applies in mm. all those ways to try and see everybody as mm. in their ethic, uh, ethnic, ethnicity, whatever, neutral yeah. is important. These, yeah. all those, those things apply here. And to avoid trying to pigeonhole, you know, women as, as, as a, I'm just seeing a book here, the new advantage about mm. women leaders. It's, it's just, I think it's a red herring, it's too early, mm. and it's not really going to help what we need to do, mm. which is to balance out, yeah. um, make inclusive our workforce and opportunities in life, yeah. whatever your age, gender, or sexual orientation. Yeah. That's, sure. that's the, what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, and the time is needed from the psychological point of view so we can get better research. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, I'm... It is, it is important to, to have more research to uh, talk a little bit more about this area of, of leadership. So I think we have to be clear that leadership should not transcend gender. It should be about capabilities. Everybody should have equal opportunities to prove their worth for an organization. And for organizations to thrive in this, in this uh, era, I think, which is so challenging already, uh, we need to bring down all these barriers and stereotypes and view people or individuals as someone who is capable to do the job and not what they are in terms of their gender. I think this this is a, a kind of very interesting topic. I hope people will not get too upset when we're talking about gender as as, as it is always a very uh, sticky uh, topic to talk about. You know, we, yeah, we are I not just, against, sorry. Yeah, sorry, just in that point, it's, obviously I've got some, we both know some very good coaches, facilitators and leaders who are female and, and who lead and have organized you know women leadership women centered leadership groups you know, yep. female entrepreneurs yep. um, women leadership forums yep. this is right they need to do this because mm. women have been disadvantaged this is about building up competence uh, to overcome these generational stereotypes yep that's not what we're saying uh, that is part of the inclusivity movement and it requires Again, identity for some some in-groupism, that's okay. Yeah. If that builds strength and builds networks and helps propel people, because the world is still not balanced, it's still yeah. not fair. Yeah. What we're talking about really is from the psychological point of view, the research, the the concept of leadership is, is not is actually asexual, although mm. it's military and masculine in its origins. Mm. That's from an evolutionary point of view. Yep. And the trait personality traits do not suggest anything will be different in terms of competences, behavioral yeah. competences, or adaptability for contingency. There's nothing that would suggest at this point that 
females would be advantaged or disadvantaged. Any single female would have the flexibility and opportunity to lead if yeah. she has those those right traits. Her gender would not stop her from being a leader. Yeah, I think that that's, that's a good point. Me. Yeah, that's a very good point. That very very important to stress that uh, we we are not uh, saying anything. Adverse yet, but I think we we welcome that kind of conversation. If if you as a listener uh, disagree, please let us know. I know we would love to have this conversation. And 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 when we decided to do this topic itself, we were quite petrified because both of us are men, and uh, uh, to talk about gender neutral and talk about female leadership, will, uh, are we capable of doing that? I think we have. I hope we have actually in this podcast itself uh, present a very uh, objective and fair assessment of what we have read. And then hopefully that uh, more conversation can be uh, be made with regards to this particular uh, area of leadership. And as usual, with, with that, which is which is a, a very very hard going kind of a conversation, as uh, something that we like to do to discuss things that are quite difficult to address. Uh, we we have to uh, come to an end of this podcast as usual. Uh, it has always been. You know, fun having conversation with you, James. Uh, where we kind of have, have this this kind of discussion, um, and definitely we will be looking forward to the next one, where we will probably discuss another topic that uh, perhaps a bit more controversial. I don't know. Let's 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 think about it and uh, uh, keep our listeners uh, 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 speculating what's the next uh, topic going to be. So thank you very much for taking your time, and uh, we okay. definitely will be talking very soon. And to all the listeners, thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.